Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Once again, to Pushing the Limits. Before we get underway with this week's very special guest, um, I'd just like to remind you, if you don't mind doing me a big favour and giving this podcast a rating and review on iTunes, it would be hugely hugely helpful and helps our show with the ratings and exposure so we get exposed to more people and more listeners so we can get our message out there so really really appreciate your help if you want help also with your running or with your health optimization or you want help with mental toughness coaching check out all our flagship programs over at lisatarmity.com hit the programs button and you'll be able to find out all about our running hot coaching our epigenetics and the mental toughness mindset you e-course right now today's guest is sitting in Amsterdam and he is an incredible person who has a background actually in investment banking and finance um, but has now done a completely 180 pivot into health optimization um, someone who has uh, shares a lot of interest with what I do and I know you're going to get a huge amount of value out of this interview. So without further ado, over to Boomer Anderson. Well, hi everybody, Lisa Tamady here and welcome back once again to Pushing the Limits. It's fantastic to have you with us again. I'm super excited for today's interview. Um, I have a very, very special guest who is the host of something called, a podcast called Decoding Superhuman. And you guys have to check this out. This gentleman is sitting in Amsterdam which is uh, a first for me. I haven't had anyone from Amsterdam. He's actually from America, <laughs> though. So welcome to the show, Boomer Anderson. Welcome, mate. Really good. Lisa, thank you for having me. This is an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's, it's so cool to have you. So Boomer and I have connected um, over the love of podcasting, really, and through an audio engineer of all things, Roy. Yeah. Roy. Shout um, out to Roy. He's the man. I love Roy. that guy. Top man, top man. Um, and Boomer is... It does stuff that's right up my alley. So very much a expert on human performance in, in many senses of the word. Um, and has a podcast, as I said, called Decoding Superhuman. And has a very interesting backstory as well. So Boomer, let's start with a little bit about where you're from, who you are, and your, your, uh, you know, your, your career before you got into this. <laughs> oh, how long do we actually have here? <laughs> long uh, so... Let's start with the beginning, right? And because you mentioned that I love all things performance just like you do. And that's absolutely the truth. And it started from a very young age. You know, growing up, I, I had the benefits of being the son of a yoga teacher on one side and then a finance professional on the other. So I had this kind of East meets meet West uh, growing up experience. And you know, I was been obsessed with performance from a young age, whether it was academics or athletics, it was always how do you push it to that next level? Mm. Uh, we can talk about it later, but sometimes that hurts when you push it to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that next level led me to go to college in Minnesota and then eventually work on Wall Street. Uh, after two years in New York, and I, I was in New York at times that people don't want to be in New York, right? Like wow. my first day on Wall Street was the day that Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy and AIG gets nationalized. Oh my gosh. Hell of a first day, right? <laughs> and so my career path kind of changed forever. And after two years, I moved to Singapore, uh, where at a very young age, I became the head of a, a debt capital markets desk. 
um, covering South Asia. And so my responsibility was 14 different countries helping companies and governments raise money across the world. Wow. Uh, that all sounds amazing and glamorous. And wow. I had this pleasure of traveling to 40 countries over the course of four years, basically living on a plane. And that entire time I thought I was healthy, right? Because if you read men's health, if you read uh, whatever it is, uh, whatever those fitness magazines are, they tell you that diet and exercise are all that really matters. Yeah. And, you know, I was one of these guys who, you know, I was following whatever the diet du jour was. I probably tried them all with the exception of maybe being vegan. Uh, and then I was also very into a sport called CrossFit. And yeah. I, I push, I, you know, there's a very, there's a very strong theme that I think reverberates in both of our lives. Yeah. Uh, is that I push everything to the extreme, yeah. uh, whether that be work, whether that be play, whether that be exercise. And so, you know, I was the guy who was like, I'm going to work this investment banking career, get, uh, you know, from the age of 18 to 30, I was getting four to six hours of sleep per night. And I'm going to try and work out like Rich Froning because I had a goal of beating Rich Froning in the CrossFit game. Delusional <laughs> goal, but it was a goal. Got to be here big. Um, go big. Go and go so, home. you know, go big or go home, right? And so yeah. uh, this eventually has a, a wall that I hit, but I've had, and we can talk about that wall here in a second, but there's this constant reverberating theme of uh, trying to elevate performance. And I, I now consider it my mission in life to elevate the human experience through health. And I look at that through a number of different lenses and uh, results of the learnings on the journey, so to speak, uh, come up with a fairly elegant system in order to help others do the same. Wow. That's a... <laughs> That, that's in a nutshell, a pretty amazing uh, life. So investment banker in the finance world, I mean, that's a dream for many young people to get into that, that world. Was it, it just stay there for a, a, a short second. Did that burn the hell out of you? You know, physically, obviously traveling all the time, but also the mm -hmm. mental side and the pressure in that game? Sure. So let's talk about that because most of the rumors you hear about investment banking are candidly true. Um, when I started investment banking, I lived mainly in the office and frankly, that changed over time, but it was more, I lived with a cell phone instead of in the office. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I spent many a night where it was okay. You work the entire night, go home, change your clothes and come back into work the next morning. Uh, I've slept in a desk. I've done many times where I've gone into, uh, this is actually embarrassingly sad, and I can't believe I'm telling you this story, but like I went into, I went into the bathroom, put my legs up and fell asleep to get 20 minutes of sleep. Right. And so extreme, just like and those kind of extremes produce extreme results. And yeah. so, um, you know, you, you push your body to the limits. And of course, as you get more and more senior, there's the stress of you have to meet a budget, you have to uh, worry about a coworker stabbing you in the back, all yep. of these things. Wow. But the experience itself of, and I was helping companies and governments raise money, the experience of itself of being able to look at how a country funds itself and saying like, hey, I had an impact on that. And there's one or two countries that I can point to and say I had a significant impact on how they fund themselves wow. even till today uh, is pretty rewarding. But yeah, the stress is ridiculous. And so let's talk about some of the warning signs, so to speak, yeah. right? 
And so one of those warning signs, uh, I collapsed in my shower uh, uh, just from exhaustion. I've been to the hospital more than once for exhaustion. Uh, I've had parasites. I was traveling to places like India, Bangladesh, yeah. all these things. Parasites. Uh, I was vomiting. I was, you know, falling asleep at my desk. All of this stuff. I was doing three, four and a half hour red eyes from DACA and going into the office the next day. Right. All of these things, you can add, you can look at it and say like, hey, any any person with any reasonable level of intelligence could have looked at this from afar and said, at some point, this kid is going to go headfirst into a wall. Um, but that kid wasn't willing to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you live, so in it was world. Crazy. you live in that world where it's expected. This high yeah. performance is expected, uh, you know, 24 seven, the levels mm -hmm. of anxiety must have been horrific. Yeah. And I've, um, you know, it's something that I talk about openly now, and it took me a while to talk about it openly, but I've had issues with panic attacks, yeah. uh, you know, getting in front of people and, you know, starting to sweat for no apparent reason, uh, just extreme nerves uh, and occasion. And then when you start breaking your circadian rhythm, because I was traveling time zones all the time, right? Like I was yeah. doing, uh, I went to Europe one year, 18 times from Singapore. So that's a, that's already a six to seven hour time change. Uh, I went to, uh, from Asia to the US, six to seven times in one year as well. And so you're talking about like, my circadian rhythm was non-existent. Yeah. And so like, I developed social anxiety, I developed anxiety around people, and it just became this one big ball of anxiety. Uh, and you just kind of look at different ways to deal with it. You know, yeah. at that point, I was self-medicating, um, mainly through alcohol, but it's... Which is worse, you know, or self-medicating through alcohol and CrossFit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I was just yeah, looking for anything to escape, right? And and so, like, I had this brilliant job, and I, I don't think I appreciated it at the time, but like, I got this brilliant job, and I was like just stressed. And you know, there were times when I was younger in New York where I just walked down on the street and pray that like a taxi cab would hit me. Yeah. Uh, because I would get some sleep in a hospital, right? Uh, and it's just, yeah, I, I guess to answer your question, it's a little bit stressful. It's a little bit stressful, that's for sure. And, you know, I applaud you for being open about this because this is the this is what my podcast is known for. We tell the real shit here. We don't. Yeah, I'm all about the real shit. And I, I've had panic attacks. I've had anxiety. I've had depression. I've, yeah. you know, been in shitty relationships. I've lost all my money and rebuilt myself. I've, you know, I've been there and the people know the, the dramas that I've go, gone through and I think the power lies when you share those the shitty moments and you share the difficulties yeah. that you went through because mm -hmm. the learning is in there for the people that are listening that we Absolutely. hopefully can shortcut the people you know not repeating the, the same problem to that's go the whole point that, right yeah that, that is the whole point and to to be able to um you know withstand that huge amount of pressure and to to live at that high performance level and i totally get your mentality of you know go hard or go home and extreme and i'm i'm and when you're young you're bulletproof you're bulletproof yeah. and nothing can break me but i know in your story that came to a crushing sort of halt at some stage let's go into that story a little bit yeah, so the silver bullet, so to speak, came uh, shortly after my 30th birthday. And I was one of these people. So for a very long time, 
uh, we were talking about how I grew up kind of east meets west and realized that health had a, an input in this idea of performance, particularly workplace performance. And I'm pretty nerdy when it comes to data. And so I actually calculated what was my return on health investment. So I would invest X amount in health per year and would get X amount growth in my bonus, so to speak. It wasn't a direct correlation, but it yep. was just a way to justify what I was spending on these things. And I, you know, I'll caveat this by saying I wasn't necessarily spending it in the right way. I was spending on things that like Tim Ferriss recommended or whoever, Dave Asprey in those days. <laughs> Actually, it was the early days of Dave Asprey, even before then. And I was a part of this little uh, esoteric forum on the internet called Quantified Self. Oh, and so I became very interested in the idea of if I monitor this data point about myself and it could be subjective or it could be something like my aura ring that I'm wearing now, yeah. you know, how do I take that information and apply it to uh, perform better in my life? And again, for a long time, I wasn't doing this in the right way. And so, uh, you know, I was spending all this money and for my 30th birthday, I was in, on the verge of resigning at this point from my job because, you know, I'd already done so much in investment banking. And at that point, everybody was quitting to build apps. And I was just like, I'm going to build an app. I didn't really have a good idea, but like, I'm going to build an app. And so in the process of uh, resigning, I went in and got all of these tests. And uh, one of those tests was actually a calcium score. And the calcium came back as positive. Now, as a 30-year-old having calcium in your heart, I was at a 95% risk of a cardiac event. And so I had a blockage of my left interior descending artery. Um, wow. Like any person who gets diagnosed with heart disease, what do they do? They give you a statin. Well, the statin induced chest pain uh, so much so that I could barely walk down. If you're familiar with Singapore, there's this area yep. called Collier Key. And it's basically, you go from Tanjong Pagar over to my office. And I was walking down that street and like gripping my chest in pain. Oh, and I said to the cardiologist at the time, you know, hey, I think this has something to do with the statin. He said no. And, you know, I don't fault him uh, at the, this point because the education wasn't necessarily there. Uh, but now there are genetics that are associated with statin-induced chest pain. So I take I stopped taking the statin because it wasn't really a cholesterol issue in the first place. Um, and really, the pain went away. And so that was kind of the aha moment, like, hey, there's this data out there. And I had it from my 23andMe test. Yep. And that's not an advertisement for 23andMe. It was just like the easiest test to get at the time. Mm. And I realized, like, hey, what else can I do with this stuff? And that was kind of how I went from, well, there's a whole journey there on how do I make sure I don't die. Yeah. Um, but also, as I was making sure I don't die, people were like, hey, this is interesting. Can you do it for me? And that was really what became my, my transition. Wow. And now, this is so interesting because isn't it funny when you have either a personal event or in you know, my case with my, my family, my mom, um, that it, it just totally changes your the lens that you're looking through. Um, yeah. And it's, you have a huge intellect. Um, Thank you. That's very kind of you. <laughs> uh, listen to your podcast, mate. You have to have a huge intellect, you know, and I'm struggling half the time to keep up. But anyway, um, so you've taken that huge intellect that you applied, <clears throat> excuse me, to the finance world. 
and you've gone, even though you're not a doctor or, or, or anything like that, you've mm -hmm. gone and applied all that data and that ability to analyze data across into a new world now, which is, I, I find fascinating that you've made this transition. And I've seen a number of other professionals do this as well, who've suddenly gone into the world of health and understanding that the knowledge is now, you know, coming and out there and the, you've, you've gone across from the investment side now into the health side and quantifying it all and, and using data and using genetics mm -hmm. and using uh, all the other tools to now actually helping people uh, with their health. Would that, would that be a good summary of what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the underlying theme there, and actually before I get into the underlying theme, uh, it's just funny, a story came to mind, Lisa. The other day I was talking to a friend and the friend said, you know, the best psychologists all have some sort of underlying psychological issue that they've worked on and that's why they became psychologists, right? I, I never intended to be in this world at all. Um, I was going, like I said, I was going to build an app because everybody built apps, right? And <laughs> I got into this world because I had to fix myself. And as I was fixing myself, I did it in something that made sense to me, which was data. Yeah. Uh, so very strict re measurement, very uh, much defining objective strategies and tactics and executing with a certain level of discipline. Because like we talked about earlier, you and I take things to extreme, right? Yep. So uh, you know, just taking it to a certain level extreme with the discipline side of things has made things a lot better. Yeah, amazing. So you've now actually made a new empire, if you like, around helping people with high performance, helping people mm -hmm. with their health issues, using the latest, and this is what I find fascinating, and where I think the, the future is turning to, the old model of you had to go to medical school to become a doctor, to become an expert in health. And that was pretty much it. You were a nurse, a doctor, or uh, you might, it, maybe there was a chiropractor or a naturopath in your town or mm -hmm. something like that, but they were, you know, rarer. Um, and there was this, this linear thing, thinking to the medical model. And that is dying, thank God. And that mm -hmm. is changing. Um, we need the allopathic medicine model, but we also need it to change. And we need the, uh, what would you call them, auxiliary viewpoints because, and you don't necessarily have to have gone to medical school to have some really amazing insights. Um, I mean, you just mentioned Dave Asprey there who, you know, some of the things I agree with and some of them I don't. But Likewise. But he has uh, certainly um, blazed a path for someone who's not himself a medical doctor who's also come from well, computer science in his case um, into the, to the world of health and applied that, that brain and that, that ability into a new area. And you see this happening again and again. So what are you uh, passionate about now? So you have the, the podcast, Decoding mm -hmm. Superhuman. You have some incredible guests on there. What is it all about for you now? Sure. I, I guess, before I outline what I'm involved in and what I'm doing, uh, let's construct the theme to have it all make sense, right? If you look at my personal mission, at least to what it's become over the past couple of years, it's to elevate the human experience through health. Now, what do I mean by that? Elevating the human experience. Um, making our, enjoying our personal lives, enjoying our work lives, operating at a certain level of energy being compassionate, uh, 
uh, being in, in shape in the sense that, you know, extending health span, all of that is elevating the human experience. And the best way I know how to do that is through health. And so when I say that, that's the, the underlying theme of everything that I do. Now, you just mentioned one thing that I do, which is the podcast. And the Decoding Superhuman podcast is top 100 business and careers podcast on iTunes and several different countries, um, occasionally in the U.S. as well. Wow. But also, it uh, let's go kind of from left to right. I do have the one-to-one consulting business where I work with predominantly entrepreneurs and executives through a process called health optimization. I'll come back to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with an organization called Health Optimization Medicine and Practice, and that's a not-for-profit foundation founded by my mentor, Dr. Theodore Achacoso, mm. uh, which is based in the U.S., and now I'm opening up the European arm here. Um, and there'll be an Australia, there'll be an ANZ arm uh, as well, and it's kind of going global now in 2020. And then I, I do have some involvement in a... Uh, a nootropic, which is going to be launched later this month. And I can talk wow. about that too. Good. So there's, there's a lot going on and there's more projects in the waiting, but you know, people look at me and say like, Hey, are you doing too much? Well, I view it all as complimentary. I'm just sort of solving my problems along the journey. Right. And so if I look at the one-to-one business, I only work with executives and entrepreneur types Uh, whether that be in digital marketing or whatever industry it is, because I know that lifestyle and I came from that lifestyle. And so I can speak a lot to that lifestyle. There's certain lifestyles that I just can't speak to. I can't work with, Uh, but we apply a rigorous amount of data and perhaps Lisa, is it okay if I go down the health optimization realm? Please do because I'm interested more than anything in that route myself. Sure. So let's, let's talk about health optimization. And so, as I mentioned, um, this is all something that I'm spreading the word on through an organization called uh, Health Optimization Medicine and Practice. It's at homehope.org. And so, uh, and so that organization is designed to teach doctors and health practitioners on how to optimize for health. If we think about why we go to a doctor currently, and I have nothing against doctors, right? Like I, I have zero um, qualms with the medical industry at all. It's people go to the doctor because they're sick, uh, because they want to get better from some disease. They want to discover what disease it is, et cetera. But who are you going to for your maintenance, right? Who are you going to for the tune-up if you're that car? We don't have anybody that just does the oil change and sends you on your way. Well, health optimization medicine and practice is that oil change. And so what do I do now with my entrepreneurs, my executives is, look, I, I still have and gather a lot of data. I'm very comfortable with data, but I also think because we now have the ability to test for a number of different things, it's the best way out there. Because not only can we just assign probability, which is what we can do with genetics, we can actually see where your cells are right now. And that's through the metabolome. So when we start working with a client, what we're doing is we're measuring the levels of metabolites. We're looking at things like nutrients and hormones. Uh, We're comparing those to optimal ranges. And I'll define what optimal ranges is in a second. And then we're balancing really through the idea of a network. 
So rather than just taking one esoteric biomarker and focusing on it, I'm looking to upgrade an entire network because if you take one esoteric biomarker, all you're going to do is just jack the thing out of balance again. And so what we want to do, you don't kind of ad hoc overhaul a network, you balance networks. And so what we're actually doing is we're measuring those metabolite levels and looking at nutrients and hormones, and then we're balancing that by looking at really what your optimal hormone levels as well as nutrient levels should be through a 21 to 30 year old. Now I'm not a doctor, so I can't prescribe hormones. And so what do I do is I focus on the nutrient side of things. There are certain things I can do on the hormone side and there's often times where I pair up with physicians yes. and do focus on optimizing in that way. But that is where we're looking at is how do we upgrade your network so that your nutrients are balanced and so that you're able to perform at your absolute best. Now, there's no claims there. I'm not saying that this is anything here is treating disease. We're not doing that. All we're doing is giving your body maintenance. And that allows you to perform at your best for longer and with a longer degree of health span. And longevity. And this is yeah. so metabolomics. Sure. So this is a new term that since listening to your podcast and coming across Dr. Ted and, and starting to delve into his world, which is mm -hmm. insane, uh, amazing. Um, and this is providing a, a new lens to look through and yep. looking. So this is um, even in our practice at, uh, with our company, we do epigenetic testing mm -hmm. and um, it, it, we, we have certain limitations. We can't go outside of our scope of practice and we have to bring in sometimes physicians and other experts in areas. Of course. And that can be quite difficult. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd certainly like a more streamlined way of doing that and better people to work with. A um, mm -hmm. little bit limited here where we are. Um, but this is a, another lens to look through. And, and I, I'm, I'm really wanting to layer on, you know, you have the expertise in like you've done with the genetics uh, testing. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. and things like Aura Ring um, and using different data points. And now you've brought in Dr. Ted's whole way of looking at it. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I have to talk to you privately afterwards about what it entails <laughs> to, to become involved with that because I'm quite excited. Um, hoping I'd have the intellect to do it, to be honest. I'm listening oh, to No, of course you like, do. Oh my gosh, that guy is intelligent, isn't he? He's, he's amazing. Yeah, he's, well, he's statistically yeah. one of the smartest people in the world. So. In it. Yeah, literally. He is literally mm -hmm. one of the top people in the planet. So that's what I'm saying, you know, I'm hoping I can keep up with it. But um, so one of the, you're working mostly in these cases, uh, still on the one-on-one -on -one system, or are you sort of doing this for, can people contact you to get help or how does that of work? Of course. Yeah. So I generally work with, a, and the website hasn't been updated in a while and it will hopefully be updated very soon, but I generally work one-to-one -one with people and it's almost strictly a referral, but on occasion I do take in new clients. And so what we do is we do measure that metabolome and that, so let's just define those terms, yeah. right? And yeah. so if you think about genetics, genetics is really popular, really sexy right now, as is epigenetics. And yes. uh, genetics is really the blueprint of where you should be, right? If you think about putting together a building, 
as the blueprint of where you should be. It's that architect has drawn something fancy up. And I had the pleasure of doing one of these presentations to a group here in Amsterdam. Uh, and there's actually a construction person in the audience. And I asked him, how many times does the blueprint actually end up as the actual house? And much to my amazement, I, I thought it would be somewhere in the range of like 10 to 30%. It was zero. Yeah. And you think about that what actually influences the building, it was environmental factors, it was the soil, it was material availability. Now, if you passport that over into our lives, environmental factors are certainly something that we face every day. Uh, material availability in terms of the nutrients that we need, uh, the weather outside, whether or not you gain enough sun, and that's really your epigenome, right? Yeah. And so we can keep going further and further down the omics line because omics is very trendy right now too. And we can eventually get to this thing called the metabolome. And so the metabolome is uh, really looking at your cells and seeing what is happening right now and what has happened. And so what do I mean by that? We look at metabolites again across nutrients and hormones and we can determine things like vitamin deficiencies, but also looking at, uh, anything from neurotransmitters, although that's a little bit less reliable, to heavy metal toxicities. Wow. And, so, and then once we have all that information, what we can do is very much quite plot a precise roadmap. And each one of my clients gets what is basically like a 10 to 15 page uh, nutrient and lifestyle plan. And what they do is, is we're able to come very close and become very precise as to what nutrients you need to balance that network. Because wow. after all, we're coming back to balancing the network. I, I can give another analogy if you want. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. So if you think about um, humans as, as a whole, we're actually a collection of organisms. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting about uh, the term superorganism is the term superorganism really just means your collection of the same organism. Uh, the actual term that I prefer to use and was taught to me, of course, by Dr. Ted and Dr. Scott, who I know you had on the podcast before, yes, is right. called holobiont. And the holobiont is really just acknowledging that humans are actually a collection of organisms. And we can measure those organisms through things like metabolomics and the health of those organisms and allow that to be a balancing mechanism. And so let's just run some examples here, right? And if you look at our current cell, our current cell is constructed of a symbiotic relationship between mitochondria and a, an ancient cell, right? And so that symbiotic relationship came together. And so we are actually fundamentally a collection of organisms. Now, add on top of that, you have things like microbes, you have gut bacteria, you have viruses, you have all of these things, and you have this external environmental influence. And there's this book in 1992, and I'll get you the link, 1991 or 1992, uh, that came out that termed this the holobiome. And so you, as a human, are actually a holobiont. And so we can assess this holobiont to actually measure and again, I am very much into data. Measure the health of you and start, use it as like a term of benchmarking, right? So you come in every, I, I like my clients to see me, you know, once every three to six months for testing. And then eventually we want to get them to once a year, but usually it starts at once every three to six months. 
And then when they come in, we benchmark how your holobiont is doing. You know, how are, how's your gut bacteria? Do we have good bacteria balances there? Do you have any sign of parasites there? Are there any sort of uh, factors that we need to look at on that nutrient side? And once we've benchmarked it, we then start to optimize, right? And wow. so it's what I, I consider to be the most elegant equation to human optimization out there. Wow. So this is the next level from just what you've been doing along with the genetic testing and coming out with data that that produces and actually looking. So how is the holobiont and the um, metabolome actually um, tested? Is it through blood? Is it through a combination of you know saliva, blood, urine? You know, sure. How is it actually the data collected? Yeah, it's a very good question. And so fundamentally, uh, with any client, I run three tests. Now, those three tests are a blood draw, a urine sample, and a stool test. Uh -huh. And those three are allow us to assess metabolites as well as bacteria imbalances. And so we're able to gather the picture in a very simple manner. Wow. And then, in, in, and this is now international, the home dot um, so it is. you don't need specialist labs to test that? Can you use your local well, lab? Yeah, you can't, you can't exactly walk down to your local doctor and say like, hey, doc, I want to test, you know. Oh, holy bio. I, don't know. I, I want my, I, yeah, first off, you know, you may get some pretty weird looks if you mention the word whole biont, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty hard to go down and say like, hey, I want to go test 8-OHDG, right, which is oxidative stress or DNA damage. Uh, even that's pretty difficult to test at most local labs. Yeah. What we what we do is we use a specialist lab um, around the. They're global, a little bit less of a presence. They have a presence in Australia. Right. Um, called Genova Diagnostics. They're based in Asheville, North Carolina, which is where my parents live. So I get to go make the pilgrimage every so often down to their lab. Uh, but yeah, Genova Diagnostics provides those tests. You can get a metabolome analysis from other labs, and of course, we're looking at those labs, uh, but that's the one we use currently. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so then you you get these tests done, and then you can you can analyze them for these things and give them specific recommendations, both lifestyle, nutrient, um, in other interventions, I, I imagine. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, and and this is this is so this is all you know. Like we both agree that. You know, the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff approach is not where we want to be um, in, in, in for mm -hmm. our own health and for mm -hmm. the health of our loved ones and the people that we work with. We want to be yeah. the ambulance at the top of the cliff before the stuff happens. And this is the, the key difference in the approaches. Um, and then a, a second difference is that our allopathic models are very uh, pharmacological based. Um, and, you know, don't you believe it that money doesn't talk, you know, the money that pharma companies have, it talks and, and that it, it is influencing the decisions that, that uh, your doctors are, uh, are making. And it's also the way it's set up. And, and so this has been a very one sided, you know, and, and pharma, pharmacological interventions certainly have their place, but they have a way too big a space in, in the world, I think, at the moment in comparison mm -hmm. And I think that, 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 you know, like looking at hyperbaric and Dr. Scott Sher, who's now involved with you guys, um, is, a, is a classic example of a therapy that works. 
that doesn't have a pharmaceutical backing or no way to make tests because there's no way to make money out of it. They can't patent. Mm. They can't patent oxygen because it's already there. Um, you know, you got the situation same with um, uh, hormones. You know, bioidentical bio hormones. You know, they haven't been able to patent them, so they made synthetic hormones for women and hormone replacement therapy, and and you know that caused a whole lot of havoc. So there's there's this there's systematic problems that have been built up over over generations within the system, and um, a lot of it is is very much uh, stick a bandaid on the on the the wound and not look at well where did the wound come from and why is it there and what's causing it you know um and that's what we're more about and learning more. yeah and and i think you know even taking it one step further because you know looking at the wound and seeing where it comes from that's a lot of what functional medicine is, is mm. doing and they're doing well um what health optimization does and health optimization really medicine and practice does is what we're doing is, is you know functional medicine will look at that quote unquote root cause and what health optimization medicine and practice is doing is seeking to just balance and perform that maintenance so that you know going down the line rather than having to uh, basically take all of the life's maintenance and put it you know, I, I come from finance, so like let's future value all of life's maintenance into this one big event down the line, which in my case probably would have been a heart attack. Yep. Uh, why don't we do little bits of maintenance over time so that health span happens, right? And so I think going back to the finance analogy, it's like an annuity. Every year or every six months or even three months, you come in, you get your tests, you benchmark, you figure out where you are, and then you seek to optimize and balance. Mm -hmm. We're balancing networks here. And what we find is, is that people tend to perform very, very well. And you can start to measure these things, right? There's, uh, there's really cool clocks out there. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Horvath clock. Yes. I, I yes. just enjoy it. Uh, and I know that these clocks are evolving every single minute. You have people like Chronomics, MyDNA, a few others that are looking at methylation marks on the, on the uh, on DNA and determining biological age. There's also something out there called the Grim Age, which I'm super excited about because that one is. Well, that's a new one on me. What's that? Uh, one? Yeah, so Grim Age is interesting, right? And this is not for everybody. I'll admit this, but for people that are somewhat sadistic like me, uh, <laughs> this is apparently an um, a way to extrapolate uh, distance between now and first. Uh, potentially mortality event oh wow right and so it's like it's now scary. between between now and the time you die but you can do stuff about it right and so yeah. I, i'm the type of person that if i have an issue i want to be confronted with it head on. Yes, me too. and so that it, you know i was the kid who basically when i found out i had heart disease i uh, broke out a spreadsheet and figured out okay what's the average is that a person dies and i put that day's number in my spreadsheet Oh, and that motivates me to that motivates me to do stuff every day. Now that's not for everybody, right? And I recognize that I'm a little weird in that sense. No, you're but, <laughs> but these are types of things that are out there that allow us to get uh, not only um, not only just more more data points, but also allows us to benchmark the su success of our modifications, right? Yes. Because all all we're doing is nutrient and lifestyle modifications, yes. but Nutrient lifestyle modifications can be very, very powerful. Totally. 
underestimated you know like the mm. basics are sometimes underestimated we get into all this uh, the fancy stuff but sometimes it comes down to are you drinking are you sleeping are you yeah <laughs> are you getting sunlight right it's <laughs> just like yeah are you connected to nature um yeah. are these things um those clocks um I, i'll have to get the the links to that because i'm very interested in benchmarking biological age or and and you know that grim age one that sounds mm. very interesting because that's something that's missing in our regime right now is being able to is actually getting that marker for people and benchmarking yeah. it and all of these things cost so it's always a, a, a cost a way up but uh it gives you something to aim for when you've got a, a, a line drawn in the sand i think uh, yeah i think well, you look more grimage. Uh, absolutely and i think uh grimage is not yet commercially available ah. so the biological age is uh there are two companies that i know of that are producing them at various price points the other thing that is really interesting and it's something that yeah the other one that i like for benchmarking is the promise 10 global uh there's promise 10s for everything but it's just a simple survey and the statistics behind it are quite promising so oh. that's something it's cost free but oh. it's a great way to benchmark clients and their success rate okay okay i'll, I'll be definitely get keen to get those links off here because a, yeah. a benchmarking system is what's missing in our our regime well, at the moment um, and what we what we do, and sorry, I know I cut you off, is I gather a lot of data, right? It's like hell. I, I've said the word data how many times in this yeah, podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, and so, so anybody that works with me has to be on board with that. And so whether that's from your wearable, whether that's from whatever survey that we send you, anywhere from every day to every week, you're we're gathering data on you to make sure that everything that we're doing is working. Because after all, like humans are complex adaptive sift systems to say we're not is just categorically wrong right yeah. and so when we look at a human as a complex adaptive system we need to build in feedback loops and so how do i get a person to to sleep more than four hours a night well i can't tell them to get eight hours a night just because this book says right what is actually physically happening there is okay let me show you your aura score every day yeah. and you know or whatever it doesn't have to be aura um, let me show you that score every day and that when that score goes up how you feel and if you feel better then you subjectively just want to get more sleep and so what we're doing is using the technology and leveraging the powers of technology and data to help assist in those behavior modifications brilliant because people need to have and, and some people are more data driven than others some people exactly. want recommendations and that's you know working with your epigenetic type if you like as to how much science you need behind the information mm -hmm. i i'm like you i like to know the why and the what and dig 10 layers deep to understand it mm -hmm. uh other people maybe not so much but having these benchmarks does give you a line in the stand it's like having it's like if i say to you boomer you know uh, we're going to train you up for 100k you've suddenly got a line in the sand and you've got a timeline and you've got a goal that you're going towards and therefore you're 10 times likely more likely to get there than if we don't benchmark that and if we don't have that set goal in place to, to help you yeah. in knowing where you started from and where you finished and then you can actually see i came all that way um and that's yeah. a really powerful thing Hey, Boom, I'm, I'm really aware of, of the time. You've, you've been super, super generous um, with your time today. Um, and I am super excited to find out more. I think that um, um, Dr. Ted's stuff is definitely on my horizon once I've gotten through some other qualifications that I'm doing at the moment. That might be the next cool. one. Um, awesome. 
Yeah, that would be, it'd be super awesome. And I'd love to stay super, you know, connected to you and what you're doing because I love, I love just being around people that have the, the, the knowledge that you have, the, the breadth of experience that you have and the depth that you go. Um, it's, you're fascinating. Your, your show is amazing. So everybody must go and uh, subscribe, not only to this podcast, obviously, Pushing the Limits, but to, <laughs> <laughs> to Decoding Superhuman, Decoding Superhuman. Um, and are there any last words that you'd like to share, Boomer, um, to people out there? Uh, what's your m- most important mission in life? And what is you know, a, a thing that's really important for you to get across to people like that you work with? Yeah, sure. So. Um, let's start with that mission. So I mentioned it a couple of times, but it is elevating the human experience through health. And I look at the world and look, I don't need to go back and go into any sort of politics or anything like that. If I look at the world and just kind of, um, the problems that we face or the, you know, where we need to go in order to, I I get in a lot of discussions about the future of work, right? Uh, Just because that's what I get hired as a keynote speaker to do a lot, is talk about the future of work. And so uh, when I look at the world and sort of elevating the human experience through health, there's a lot we can still do as humans before we all of a sudden get taken over by Skynet and go into this matrix type scenario. Right. And so I think people, you know, in terms of the mission, elevating the human experience through health, in terms of the point I want to get across to people, start measuring. If you're, no matter where you are, you don't have to be superhuman. You don't have to be, you can be like on the other end of the continuum. Right. And just start measuring where you are, start associating behaviors with a certain type of measure and get out a spreadsheet, get out a piece of paper, whatever it is. Assuming you're listening to this podcast, I assume you have some sort of modicum of technology, Uh, you know, getting out a spreadsheet and start tracking this stuff and just start associating what you're doing with a feeling. And that's just a great way to start tracking. You can eventually get into all this really, uh, cool high level tracking that I've been talking about today, but really start measuring. That's something that will help you achieve your goals faster uh, and will really just make the whole journey a lot more, a lot more fun. Yeah. A lot more fun and, and with a lot more little goals to aim for when you know what you're dealing with. And this is Absolutely. something, you know, that doesn't, hasn't come naturally to me, but I'm definitely moving more and more in that way. Boomer, you've been super, super generous with your time. I really appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. I'm excited to see where it uh, takes you and um, hopefully networking with you more. Um, so people can go to decodingsuperhuman.com, which would be your website. Anywhere yeah, so else they can um, reach out to you at? Sure. Uh, so decodingsuperhuman.com is the website. That's where you can find all the podcast episodes. Again, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, every podcast destination there is. We released uh, six episodes a month. And I will also, you know, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I've basically gone through my New Year's re-rack of how I want to address social media. So you'll see me more posting there as well. But yeah. I look yeah, and please say hi. Like I, I I respond to every message as everybody knows. Uh so please say hi and let me know what you think of the episode.
Definite. Reach out, check out the podcast. Is absolute is a is a must, is a minimum, um, and ask the questions because um, that's where conversations start and where you learn. So thank you very much, Boomer. I really appreciate your time today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And one more th- plug, I guess. If you want to yeah. check out the stuff that we talked about on the Home Hope side of things, just go to homehope.org. Homehope.org. Uh, yep. Yeah. Homehope.org. Home it's it's a website. We're working on launching the Education Foundation. It's Part of it's already launched, uh, but it's something that you guys can check out and let, let us know what you think. You can just drop me a message on social media. Yeah, it's definitely on my horizon. I want to, I want to get there. So um, thanks for doing that and thanks for spreading that word because it's a, a completely new lens to look through. Thank you very much, Boomer, and we'll talk again soon, no doubt. Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. If your brain is not functioning at its best, then check out what the team at vlight.com do. Now, vlight produces photobiomodulation devices. Your brain function depends largely on the health of the energy sources of the brain cells, in other words, the mitochondria. And research has shown that stimulating your brain with near-infrared light revitalizes mitochondria. I use these devices daily for both my own optimal brain function and also for other age-related decline issues, and also for my mum's brain rehabilitation after her aneurysm and stroke. So check out what the team do at vilight.com that's v-i-e-l-i-g-h-t.com and use the code tamati at checkout to get 10 percent off any of their devices that's it this week for pushing the limits be sure to rate review and share with your friends and head over and visit lisa and her team at lisatamati.com